0: So, Neelak, how about about I get the tech news from the oven while you give us the intro, huh?
1: Okay, so, hello and welcome. This is the Rookie Numbers Podcast. I am Neelak.
0: And I'm Aman. This podcast is where we talk about tech news, gaming news, and games, because Neelak always screws up the intro and I have to fill in every time.
1: Of course, that is how it is every time. Anyway, so, this week we have a lot of news. We have a big bunch of news this week. We had two big events. And some smaller announcements. So let's start off with the biggest event that we had, which was the NVIDIA event.
0: Okay. So the NVIDIA event, huh? What was your favorite part about the NVIDIA event?
1: It was the fact that the 3080 was literally hidden in plain sight. I was, the moment I realized, the moment I saw him bring out the 3080 from behind the book or whatever, I was like, wait, go back like 10 minutes, show me whether it was there throughout or not. And turns out it was there throughout.
0: The funny part is everyone was speculating about whether it would have the V-shaped uh, PCB or not, what it will look like and all of that. And during the live stream, it was literally behind a plant for the first 30 minutes when Jensen Wang was just talking about this thing and NVIDIA broadcast, that everything. And then he just brings out casually the 3080 from plain sight. It's like he's just giving everyone the finger on all the rumors it's It's pretty crazy,
1: also him literally pulling out the thirty ninety from oven was a nice just, I like that he run.
0: he like goes really into the main value of things
1: <laughs> definitely a big pointer for them anyway, so they announced the 3090, 3080 and thirty seventy mm mm-hmm. and uh, what do you think about them? You had some okay, so the 3090 is priced at a 1399 and is a direct competitor to we aren't sure what seems like it's a competitor to the RTX Titan, but it is priced at the price range of a 2080 Ti, which it blows out of the park. And then we have the 3080, which is priced at 699, which again is directly priced at around 2080 super levels of pricing and blows it out of the park again. And 3070 is priced at around 2070 or 2080 in the range, which is 499 USD and blows them out of the park as well. You had some strong thoughts about their pricing?
0: See, um, I think like you call, you might want to call it well priced and everything, but Nvidia also has a reputation for setting the price based on the fact that they have a monopoly over this. And by monopoly, I mean, the fact that AMD has tried, but haven't, hasn't really come up with a high end option for people to choose from. So it's like, because they have the best in class graphics card, they can choose to price it at 500 or 700 or $1,300. And see, that was true for the 2080, for the 2080 TI. It was wildly expensive for the time. Two years, two years, three years ago, it was so expensive. Like it was way more expensive than the 1080 TI and the 1080. Now, when they say that we're launching it at the same price, I feel like it is more apt pricing and more rep. like, this is the pricing I expected, um, as a gradual price leap anyway. So I'm not blown out of the park by the fact that this is so well priced. Like, for some reason.
1: And that's actually a very good offense uh, to have. But okay, in my defense, I am very much for the pricing that they have because firstly, in. Okay. So they have priced the 30. Let's like isolate the 3080 and compare it to the 2080 Ti, which it is at least like 60 to 80% better by. So mm-hmm. the 3080 is priced at a 699, whereas the 2080 Ti was priced around 1299, okay. And it is a direct competitor to it. It really like calling it a competitor is underwhelming, but it is. Like it blows it out of the park. It performs sixty two to eighty sixty to eighty percent better, which has been proven by Digital Foundry, whom I really respect as benchmarkers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel when you compare it from six ninety nine to thirty ninety nine, regardless of whatever the price leap was last generation, that's a huge cut anyway.
0: Well, I think it's fair. I think the pricing is going for them this time. I just am still salty about the fact that it made that they made it so expensive the last time. And it almost feels like it did it last time, so that they can call this bang for the buck when this really should have been like when when this was really just going to be the pricing anyway. I feel like the twenty eighty ti should have been two hundred dollars cheaper. Like the whole series from the two hundred, uh, like the two thousand series, should have been two hundred dollars cheaper than it was. But yeah, I think we all agree on the fact that this is well priced and it is honestly bang for the buck at this point.
1: This is very bang for the profit. So a lot of the people who are considering that Nvidia has big news on how big Navi is going to end up, which is why they have priced everything so competitively. And my point with that is I don't mind that at all. If they have like news on big Navi and they're like placing it accordingly, it is really nice, which goes to say how big Navi will also be priced. They won't under, they'll have to undercut something or the other by AMD, which is why they're undercutting the price. Pricing by this amount and they're probably they might be scared of how Big Navi is lining up.
0: I think uh the fact that AMD did what they did with Ryzen has become such a um such a benchmark at this point that even the rumors and the like the inside news of Big Navi is creating pricing decisions at Nvidia. Like Big Navi is not quite out yet, right? There's only news and like rumblings about it. So when it does come out, we don't know how good it will be. But the fact that NVIDIA is thinking about competitive pricing of keeping prices lower is a really positive change in the industry because NVIDIA used to be the company who didn't have competition because of which they set the prices for everything. And we saw in the 2000 series, what happened because of that, they just said, we have better performance. So we'll just price it that way. So I like that big Navi is creating such a like even before its launch, even before any major news about it.
1: Okay. So let's just wind up on this topic for the most part. I'll just like uh, cut down on how the performance is working out. So the 3070 is priced at $500 and it really, it, and it's supposed to beat the 2080 series, like mm-hmm. 2080, 2080 S for the most part. So it's the bang for the buck graphics card right now, if everybody's looking for it. So in India, it is priced at around 51,000 rupees. Which, considering we have, so at this point it's just you just multiply the dollar pricing into hundred bucks into hundred and that's your INR pricing. That is due to the huge import taxes we pay. So 499 USD becomes 51k for the 203070. 699 dollars mm-hmm. becomes 71k for the 3080 and uh, 3090 ka 1399 becomes 152k, which is far around hundred into hundred whatever. So these are really nice graphic cards to get if you can get a get it imported or get either a Honestly, yeah. or 3080 imported and it's really nice for your build. This is something that I'll recommend. In fact, I'll probably be going for the 3080 myself. So it's really bang for the buck and it's really, and it's definitely very, uh, future proof at this point. You can use it for the next like five to seven years without worrying about like 1440, yeah. 144 at least.
0: I think 3090 is almost like made for, um, 8K resolution because of
1: it is they did uh, market it as an 8K 60 if I'm not wrong.
0: Yeah, do 8K 60 displays even exist?
1: Yeah, yeah. The Sharp has some of them, and Samsung, I guess, has some of them. It's definitely not in the market yet, but the, that is going to be the next mainstream after 4K. Hmm.
0: Okay. Also, uh, one thing that comes out of this event was their weird nomenclature, which Nvidia keeps doing for some reason. They launched the whole super lineup last time, which was the 2070 super and the 2060 super, I think, and 2080 super, which was like apparently supposed to eventually phase out the TI range of graphic cards. And now they launched what is called the RTX 3090 instead of 3080. I think the last time we saw a card with a 90 at the end was a GTX 690 or something. Yeah, it was
1: a GTX 690.
0: Yeah, and that was a dual GPU card, right? So is this like, is this a sign from Nvidia that they want to do dual GPU cards again, or is this just a random thing that they said that they decided to do to simplify nomenclature? What do you think?
1: At this point with how SLI is dying out and with NVLink really not being up to par with how it used to be and that whole different topic. I feel mm-hmm. dual GPUs in the sense of SLIs or simultaneous two GPUs are definitely dying out. And if they can, I don't know how 3090. I doubt 3090 has a dual GPU setup. But I feel at this point, if they bring an X90 series saying they can that they'll have dual GPUs in them, I think it'll run well in the market for the pure reason mm-hmm. that SLIs are as trash as it is. NVLink, I mean whatever.
0: Well, it is SLI. People don't even remember NVLink. Of course. Even though it's just a it's just a simple rebrand, Um, nice. like I'm excited. The bridge to see looks you. cool, though. The yeah. bridge looks cool. Yeah. Although I liked what SLI bridges did, like it felt very. I've always found it very fascinating, but by the time I got into the scene, it was already pretty trash.
1: Aman, did you know that on the other hand, AMD to SLI, AMD cards or Crossfire as they did. You uh-huh. did not need a
0: bridge at all. Did. Did you not? I have seen crossfire bridges not. before though.
1: It wasn't required. You could just slap on two uh, graphics card, two AMD graphics cards in the same motherboard and they'll do it with, like via the PCI slots. You do not need a bridge for that.
0: So your, but then your PCI slots would have to be connected internally for that. I mean, so
1: they are arguably, they are connected at the motherboard, but it, basically my point being, you did not need the bridge for that. It was handled by the motherboard itself.
0: Nice. That's. Pretty cool. Honestly, like, I found the whole thing about Crossfire was more open Yeah, definitely. and SLI was more like NVIDIA and, like, you need the same GPU and you need a very specific yeah. set of GPUs. Like, you would, couldn't do it with the cheaper GPUs. Although, uh,
1: did you know when uh, Crossfire was a thing, most uh-huh. of AMD's GPUs were just rebrand of their old GPUs? Which was the saddest part which wasn't going for them?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, like, by the time... AMD really became a big name again, like arguably the fact that AMD wasn't really, um, successful until Ryzen. And Definitely. right after that Crossfire didn't like just stop becoming a thing.
1: Their graphics cards aren't still in the enthusiast market yet. They're still in the budget, like the 5,600 X and the 5,700 X are still in the XTs are still in yeah. the budget range. They don't compete with 20 XTs.
0: That's true. Well, I'm hoping big Navi does something for them. Definitely. All right. So, uh, next piece of news, another announcement, uh, one of three big announcements today, Intel 11th gen. Stage is yours, Neil.
1: Okay. So we have the Intel 11th gen laptop CPU announcements. Uh-huh. This was what we've not been waiting for at all <laughs> because 10th gen was very fresh. 10th gen hasn't hit the market properly yet, but I say, fa- But it's definitely a big step up that I'm not going to lie. So it is still built on the 10 nanometer process node, which at this point, I don't get what Intel's love for 10 nanometer is.
0: Uh, It's it's not not that they had a choice. I think
1: at this point, they've like owned up to the fact that they're not going any lower and have just embraced 10 nanometer as their.
0: uh, I mean, with all the leaks in the last month, last few months, like and the seven nanometer delays that have been coming over and over again. Uh, yeah, they would have. They don't have a choice but to embrace ten nanometer and run with it.
1: Yeah, and I think Intel seven nanometers going to come out in twenty twenty three.
0: Yeah, somewhat like that. It's
1: just three years late, which is very far. Anyway, so they have begun to perfect the ten nanometer process node. They have much better power optimization at this point, and uh, they have also started integrating their Xe series of graphic cards. Graphics, uh-huh. I should not call them graphics card, which are the integrated ones they have now, which they'll be expanding with dedicated ones later on. And uh-huh. this refresh looks really nice for the Intel-based CPUs because of the obvious upgrade from Iris or the Intel HD, whatever the trash, their integrated graphics cards were. And these start from a very respectable 2-core, 4-threads for i3s up to 4-core, 8-threads uh-huh. with very respectable all-core turbos of 3.9 to 4.3. Which is very deceptive to look at uh, as the first look because you expect them to all go, go turbo throughout. Yeah. But it is to be noted that this is for a very limited uh, time for every workload. Only in bursts will you get this. This is by no means your standard core clock.
0: I mean in general, uh, clock speeds, in like when you read clock speeds, they don't really tell you a lot. Just, they're just yeah. numbers and they're very situational numbers. So definitely
1: but more often than not higher, higher clock speeds are better for day to day, non as well as gaming payloads, unless you're going for, uh, things like multi-threaded tasks for the most part, higher clocks mm-hmm. are usually better.
0: Yeah. I think that's why they put it on there. better purchasing decisions. My favorite part about this launch was the whole, uh, thing about the XC series of graphic cards, like of integrated graphics, because, um, we'd been hearing a lot of news about their XC series of dedicated GPUs. Um, and all the news about how they would be, um mm-hmm. there was one news about them being really budget cards. And then there was another news about them needing like 500 or 600 Watts of power. And like, I think it's, it's a very weird market right now. As Like it's a very weird set of news that's rumbling in the rumor mill. My question is, um, uh, the integrated graphics that are put uh, that they' are putting in right now, do you think it's the same graphics that they're just rebranding it just to create like a brand?:
1: I really wouldn't say the same because I feel they won't okay, so it comes with a difference in architecture they This is a different architecture processor altogether, so I don't think just for the rebranding, they'll just rebrand previous ones, and at this point it's all just speculation, but because we don't have any hard numbers yet but I really feel they will definitely, uh, upgrade their graphics card because it's something which has been coming for them for a while.
0: I think if there is no tangible improvement in graphics performance, then it's sort of like saying that, um, if there's no like tangible improvements in improvement in graphical performance from the last generation, uh, then it would probably just be that, uh, you have, it used to be known as the Intel HD, Four hundred fifty or something, and now it's called XE something.
1: Yeah, just uh, to make
0: it like fall in one line.
1: Could be. Uh, we really can't say until
0: they really numbers are out. Yeah. Ah,
1: exactly. And also, I'd like to mention, Aman, you said they require a lot of
0: uh, wattage. That was for the uh, ha, dedicated GPUs.
1: Yeah, you meant whole power supplies, right? Not that the cards will require five hundred to six hundred watts of power.
0: I think that was something about that. Yes. The, about them no, no, needing
1: I'll, a lot of power. So, uh, as far as I can see, the high range XEs will be uh-huh. requiring less than 300 watts of power. So, a 600 watt power supply will be ideal.
0: Right. Okay, that's that's pretty reasonable considering... A that's normal, pretty reasonable
1: considering 3080s and 3090s also require around 250 watts of power.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, I think now we move to the third and the most happening news of the week. Arguably. And that is the pubg ban or the pubg purge as i like to call it so pubg mobile mobile was banned in india among 113 other chinese apps pubg mobile was founded by tencent Tencent is to the chinese company and thus it gets banned in india um about a day or two later a new app was announced by akshay kumar a famous indian actor called 4 uh f a u dash g um it's a multiplayer game inspired from the Atmanirbhar movement, and the Atmanirbhar movement is just self-reliance and make make in India, all of that. And apparently, twenty percent of the net revenue generated from this game would go to a sol uh, an Indian soldier welfare, ba- welfare fund. Now, this is technically an Indian Indian indie game, so if this earns a lot of money this would probably be a good thing for the industry. I'm not denying that this is pretty much a direct ripoff of what PUBG is. And this is made just like, it is almost as if this was this ban was done for the launch of this game, but I'm just saying it might be a good thing for developers.
1: So I do have some strong opinions about the same and, uh, I'd like to point out some things before we get into it. So, this game first of all so contrary to everybody thinking that the photo being used is actually a blatant ripoff of a lot of common photos is actually a photo on shutterstock which is a which is a platform for free usage of photos which is kind of scummy from the developer's perspective they could have easily paid for it but i guess it is not a ripoff it has been used in right interest
0: I mean, the problem with that was most people are saying that if you're making a game and if you're launching a trailer or a teaser for a game, it's got to be game footage.
1: That is true. But I mean, I'm talking about the people who were slamming the game for having bad, uh, having a ripped off graphic, like with the logo, not the logo, but the background of the logo. Anyway, anyway, it is nitpicking. It is nitpicking. So that is the only point I had in defense of them. But anyway, let's uh, I'll get into it. So the developers are called Encore Games, which is led by a person called Vishal Gondal. And he, he had made a previous gaming studio, which he had sold off to Walt Disney in 2012. And he is considered the father of Indian gaming industry. I don't know by whom, but it was posted by Encore Games a while back. So for the lack of any other news, any other sources, I believe it might be true. Anyway, so considering all of this, it is a it is made by his group of people. And I saw a lot of people claiming this to be an indie indie company. As you said, an indie gaming company, but I really don't like calling them indie when people like Akshay Kumar are doing their uh, advertising. And when our own uh, telecom minister... Millions Devra has been promoting that on their own, on his own Twitter page.
2: So I mean, sure, but the,
0: a game being uh, promoted by a lot of people or getting good advertising does not make it not independent.
1: Definitely. I'm not saying it's not independent. I'm just saying it's tough to call it indie when your brand ambassador is Akshay Kumar.
0: Sure. But like, The fact is that it's Indian developers and in an industry where Indian gaming is not really that big. I mean, in terms of development.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. So Vishal Gondal is the, I guess he currently runs a company called Goki. Goki is an Indian fitness brand. Yeah. And Goki's brand ambassador is Akshay Kumar. So I think that is how they're linked. And that is one of the reasons why they're doing this anyway. And also another thing I'd like to point out is that the logo of Encore games, Uh It's literally literally the Nintendo GameCube logo. It's just colored differently. Anyway, regardless of all of this, I think it's a blatant cash grab and uh, it really makes people look away from actual good Indian games like Raji the Ancient Epic and Mm -hmm. focus on games like these which don't really have any sort of innovation have nothing connected to India, except for the fact that 20% of the proceeds go to the veterans, mm-hmm. which again, I'd like to see their audits for.
0: Sure. I mean, considering it, it feels so, gov- like it feels so linked to the government that you just don't trust it as much for some reason. For
2: because some reason.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Like, it's hard to trust. The government with making like a um a donation to the veterans and call it a publicity stunt right and this Definitely. just feels like it is linked to the government because of the timing of everything it could very well be a coincidence that they saw the pubg ban and thought that this is a nice time to launch a teaser because this is when it will gain the most traction and the but,
1: game is launching in october by the way
0: i'd like to point yeah. that out do you think it will do well Considering the amount of hate it has gotten on the internet, do you think it will do well?
1: I really don't know. I'm actually really at a loss here because... So think of it from the more gamer perspective. Okay, let's look at it from from a perspective where you're actually going to be playing the game. You play PUBG because it has a massive player base. And if you don't find enough, find enough people from India, you find people from China, from Singapore, etc. That is not the case in 5G. Wow, the name That's feels fair. weird to say. Anyway, so in in this game is more or less only going to be based in India. I don't see a lot of the uh, foreign audience playing the game because, of of course, there being a blatantly better alternative. Yeah, sure. And and also the fact that this is just based on your mobile instead of PUBG PC being a thing, it does it loses out on a lot of traction there as well. And mm-hmm. simultaneously, this is or uh, and i'm sorry this is a uh, what do you call it this is a competitor to what the pubg mobile market was yeah so okay another thing i'd like to point out a lot of people don't know this is that pubg mobile had 10% stake off like ten cent had a 10% stake in pubg mobile not mm-hmm. on pubg pc pubg pc yeah, has PUBG not been banned. Still a thing pubg pc is still a thing it does not have chinese influence it is made by the pubg corp Which is owned Mm -hmm. by player unknown? Yes. Which is who hired Bluehole to do this? Yeah. And PUBG Mobile is has like Chinese ownerships or whatever, not PUBG PC. So let's not yeah, let's not hate on the game on a whole. Rather, if you want to throw hate at it, it's the PUBG Mobile. A lot of people don't know this, so I I felt like we needed to point it out.
0: Sure. Anyway. So, yeah. Even so, I think, like, even PUBG Mobile leaving the market does not even vacuum. back you. There are other mobile-based Battle Royale games, or even like, mobile-based games like PUBG, there's CO, uh, Call of Duty Mobile, there is uh, Fortnite on mobile, okay, so if, especially if you're on Android and not Apple.
1: My type with you bring up Call of Duty as an alternative is, Call of Duty is, built by, is, is also owned by Tencent.
0: But did it get banned?
1: It it didn't, which is my exact point. If you are banning things, which has Chinese influence, why would you just ban PUBG and not Call of Duty Mobile? Which, think of it this way. If you did, okay, let's hypothesize. If you Uh did ban PUBG so that you could sell 4G, Uh why not also ban Call of Duty Mobile along the same lines? Because it is the same market.
0: Yeah. And it also has a, you could ban it for the exact same reason.
1: Exactly. Because
0: it also has, does it really? Heart it does, believe. it
1: does. Call of Duty Mobile does have cent influence in it. At this point, yeah. every even Supercell has cent influence. Yeah. Might as well ban Clash of Clans and Clash Royale a long way.
0: I mean, that would just create an, a void in the Yeah, uh, yes, the yes but industry. then
1: you could play
2: Indian game.
0: <laughs> yes uh anyway so i i kind of have a feeling that flash of clans will be banned when there is an indian flash of clans coming up but uh, I, I, again I all, all speculation all news of course so yeah 4g is a thing if you like it play it if you don't like it then there's i, I guess there's call of duty still and until that gets banned there's something else yeah yeah there's always, there's always fortnite there's always fortnite unless you have an Apple.
1: if you're on apple
0: Definitely. Okay. And moving, moving to EA, let's, let's talk about EA, shall we? A few episodes ago, we covered what EA play is going to be. And we were really happy about the fact that EA play, uh, is going to solve the confusing problem that EA had with their subscription model. So for the uninitiated EA has a subscription model where you can play their games, uh, but you can, but you can subscribe and essentially rent their games. Um, it used to be called Origin Access on the PC and EA Access on the console. And Origin Access had two different uh, variants called Basic and Premiere. EA Access had two different variants called Basic and Premiere, I think. So that was like four different kinds of subscriptions that you could buy from EA. All right. Now, uh, recently they announced that they're going to rebrand all of this and call it just one name. It's going to be called EA Play, and the premium version is going to be called EA Play Pro. And they also brought it all to Steam, which was considered a great move for for the consumers because everyone didn't like most people hated Origin as a platform because it was not very intuitive and your games were split across a bunch of platforms, etc. So people really appreciated the fact that it was on Steam. But now comes the problem. Uh a play on Origin and on Steam is entirely different. So uh EA like origin access had a thing that it would, it included a lot of EA games, like their first party titles and also a lot of indie games that signed up for their platform like Xbox game pass or any other subscription model. It had a bunch of first party games and then more indie titles. except when EA play came to steam, it had no indie titles on it. Whereas on origin it had the whole, uh, the whole shebang, everything. So if you signed up on EA play using the same amount of money on steam, you would only get EA's first party title. Whereas if you did that on, if you paid the same amount of money on Origin, you would get way more games. Also, EA Play is available on multiple platforms, like on Xbox, on PS4, on play on PC, on two different places, etc. Uh, your membership is still tied to the platform that you joined on. So if I uh, pay 300 bucks to join EA Play on team, I wouldn't get any of the games The if I were to log in from the same account on origin, if I were to log in from the same account on Xbox or on PlayStation. And the problem here is this was also the case before, but that was, it was called two different things to let people know that con- there is no cross platform here. There is no, uh, your membership does not carry over to other platforms. So when they named it one thing then when they named it one single thing, everybody thought that this is going to be the time when I can buy EA Play on my Xbox and then play games on my PC. But that's still not a thing. They have changed absolutely nothing in their games library except the name of the service. The the system is way more con- confusing than it was before because Steam and Origin now have completely separate programs as well. My rant is now over. Neelak, your opinion.
1: So, I don't... In a vacuum, I don't dislike EA Play being on Steam. Mm-hmm. But when we compare it to the offerings that has an origin, I really dislike it because it's for the same pricing. You yep. can't charge the same amount and give like 25% of the games on a different platform without having cross membership. Yep. Apart from that, I really like the fact that EA is trying to push Steam as a platform again, goes for more unification. That is something I really appreciate.
0: So, that's the only part of this that I like, but
1: yes, that is. So that is my opinion as a whole that they should bring the indie games on Steam or they should just drop the pricing on steam.
0: Yeah. At least drop the pricing so that, you know, you're paying less for less games.
1: Yeah. And don't, don't market it as the same as origin is because it's not.
0: Huh. And I remember, I think this was on Reddit where there was an image comparing the number of games on steam yeah. and origin and the, Most was taken down for some.
1: That was very weird.
0: Yeah, it was really weird. It
2: was almost like EA had it done.
1: I don't think so. I mean, Reddit is owned by China, not by EA.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. Of course. All right. On from
0: our big, on from the big news, we have a little small news from both. Uh, from PS Five and uh, a couple of game news after that i guess so the playstation 5 will not be backwards backwards compatible with ps3 ps2 or ps1 says ubisoft that news title really turned around as soon as i said ubisoft
1: huh so i mean i do have some opinions on that but sure gone
0: so uh, assassin's creed valhalla and uh, Watch Dogs legion will be playable on ps4 with ps5 players and etc etc there'll be complete cross-platform play across older generation consoles, but any console earlier than the PS4 will not be supported. So honestly, I kind of expected that and it's becoming big news for no reason, but it also depends on how other developers do it that decides whether this is a good move or not. Because if every other developer goes, we are also going to support the PS3 out of nowhere, then this sounds odd. But otherwise, I kind of expected that the PS3 is not going to see a lot of new support, new games anytime soon.
1: No, it's not about the PS3 seeing new games, right? It's think of it this way. Won't you find it weird if you can't play God of War 1 on your PS5? Mm, I would. Exactly. So that I mean, apart from the fact that it has been ported to PS4, so it should technically be on. Yeah. Regardless, whatever. Apart from that, my point being, this is done by Ubisoft, which kind of raises eyebrows as to mm-hmm. how the others are going to be doing around with it, whether EA and, and like others also stop with backwards compatibility on PS3, PS2, and PS1. Mm-hmm.
0: Although I think but this was more about newer titles going back than older titles coming forward.
1: Do you really think so? I think backwards compatibility purely means older titles coming forward.
0: I know, but here I think the news is all about Valhalla and Watch Dogs Legion and all the new games coming to PS4 rather than I mean, going... It- the opposite way, but no, I think I... that's something that's supposed to be a given for backwards compatibility at this point. That older titles should work on newer consoles. That's the whole point. Yeah,
1: exactly. So my my whole point being, Assassin's Creed, it'll be weird if I can't play Assassin's Creed Two on PS Five, whereas I can play Three, Four, and Five.
0: Right. Yeah. That's Are you fair. getting my
1: point? So that's I feel they. This is a very. I mean, it it saves their effort from needing to develop on it any further. I guess. Mm but they could have just allowed it to be directly compatible i like how xbox does it xbox just has some hardware which emulates previous hardware
0: mm-hmm. i mean yes. xbox the architecture is also very similar yeah. um, across i mean if you are talking about the architecture
1: if you are talking about architecture then xbox one and ps4 shared architecture
0: didn't right uh, to some extent i'm not very sure
1: to some extent obviously uh, but regardless so that's it from also, another Ubisoft news is, there is a UV forward happening on the September 10th.
0: we is just very and close. There was a UV forward and, yeah. in July, there's one September,
1: good stuff. So at this point, they're just doing it uh, so that they can get some good press after their elite squad fiasco that we covered on our last episode.
0: Uh-huh. Do you think it's a good idea to show up in public so, like this?
1: All. I don't think so at all, but then again, they probably have thought of something.
0: The only way I think they're going to get over that is if they release some Far Cry footage, like Far Cry gameplay footage.
1: Or announce a price cut. Oh, talking about price cuts. This is a weird segue. This we did not plan, but this is something I wanted to touch on. (laughs) Sure. A lot of, a lot of company, uh, gaming companies have been saying that, uh, they're going to charge $70 for the next generation games.
0: Wasn't the average $60. Yes, it was $60 up your... until
1: current or last gen and it's going to be $70 going forward, uh-huh. which I really dislike because this will come down to the PC market again and the PC market will start costing 45 games, and then everything will become another Call of Duty essentially. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah. what I want to point out is CDPR, while doing amazing PR, they have admitted that, their, that uh, Cyberpunk 2077 on next gen will not cost $70 and they really like this. I really like how this is shaping yeah. up. How this could shape up for other non-milky, milk not non-money milky com- companies like EA and Ubisoft. No, that's just a weird word. It is, isn't it? Anyway. Yeah. Companies who actually care about their games.
0: They also announced Witcher 3's uh, new expansion, like the remastered, a re-remastered Witcher 3 for the newer consoles, right?
1: Yeah. They Okay, so they have also announced that they are going to be bringing Witcher 3 with upgraded graphics for the newer consoles and for the PC for free. Wasn't Witcher 3 already hard enough to run? No, Witcher 3 was actually amazingly optimized. And Uh there was this Witcher 3 remastered project, which has been doing really well. And it Uh is also amazingly optimized. It is not a game by any means which is hard to run. Talking about
0: games that are hard to run, do we want to talk about the Avengers game?
1: So I guess we can just touch on it.
0: So, it it did did launch
1: launch last week. Yeah, Yeah, it did full launch last week. It is hard to run. Okay, so I was telling Aman about this, which I'd like to tell you people as well. So, how do you realize a game a third person,
0: Aman, who is absolutely not in this podcast.
1: Absolutely not in this podcast. I don't know Mm -hmm. who he is. He was just randomly speaking to... Anyway, so how do you realize a game performs bad? You realize a game performs bad when a graphics card like 2080 gives you 80 FPS at 1080p and a 2060, which is around 50% of the performance, gives you 60 FPS
2: on 1080p. So, there is hardly a 20 FPS
1: difference there. Mm-hmm. And the actual performance difference between the two graphics cards is immeasurable. It, it should be 60 FPS to 120 FPS, if not more. That is the difference not a lot that more. Should, huh, that is the difference we should be looking at. But anyway, it has been known from the beta that is not new news that it doesn't run well. It has been a lot of bugs, a lot of crashes, etc. But I guess they are working on it for the most
0: part. I was low key very disappointed by the fact that they did go for a full launch and not stopped and like fix the game, fix the optimization before they did a full launch.
1: Okay, because, so that would lead. Yeah, okay. So that would lead into it launching around the time when cyberpunk is launching. And at this point, I don't think anybody wants to launch in November. Because a lot of big name games are launching then.
0: Valhalla. You have Valhalla, Cyberpunk. you have Call of
1: Duty, you have Cyberpunk.
0: Oof. That's a that's gonna be a heavy, heavy month. month to cover, huh?
1: Indeed. It'll be very fun.
0: Okay, um I think let's talk about now, standalone games.
1: We have some tidbits night right now yes. at this point.
0: Our last three topics. And the first one, Doom Eternal DLC. Also available standalone. You don't need to have Doom Eternal to be purchased to play the DLC.
1: You need to purchase the DLC, but you don't need to purchase the whole game. Yes.
0: Which was a confusion I had. You can play the DLC for free if you own the deluxe edition of the game or the year pass. But otherwise, also, you can just buy the DLC by itself and play. it. And uh, apparently, like I, do you remember the last time something like this happened where a DLC was just a game of its own that you could buy and play?
1: I actually don't remember,
0: honestly. Like, I think the last time it was Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Black Flag in 2014, where the Freedom Cry game was a separate game altogether or was made a separate game later on. Could be, it probably was made a separate game. But I
1: don't remember it being taken well because I was into Black Flag at that point.
0: It was not super popular at first, but I think it was Sleeper Hit because you've got to have some incentive to be putting it out as a separate game, right? Probably, probably. I kind of feel like this helps Doom Eternal sales a lot because this is kind of like a, um, a gateway into a, like the Doom Eternal world. I I guess because like once you play the DLC and are interested enough, you would want to play more of it. I It's guess. definitely
1: marketing. I mean, both, it's
0: both good ways. marketing. You want to yeah. play the
1: base game. You play the base game. You want to buy the DLC. You play the DLC. You want to buy the base
0: game. Pretty cool. Talking about
1: marketing, you know how FIFA is doing marketing for the 21, for the new game?
0: They're just cutting they off have, prices.
1: They, they have to put FIFA 20 on sale for the next week. It is available for a very cheap 320 bucks on Origin, which is Let's definitely not call very it water.
0: sale, let's just call it a giveaway, giveaway with a tax. Definitely. It is essentially just a giveaway. We've spent the last four days without lives because of that giveaway.
1: We've given away our life at this point.
0: Yes. Uh, so it's
1: definitely something everybody would, might might want to look into. It's
0: definitely yes, I mean, worth it at like 350 bucks. If you heard it here first, come at us.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> for 20 on sale till 15 September. You're welcome, EA. You're
1: welcome. Uh, and, and, and our last news for the day is that Oculus Quest has been delisted from retailers. That is to say, retailers aren't receiving newer stock.
0: Yeah, they're just selling off old stock.
1: Yeah, that is to say they're selling off their old stock. That is to say they're making space for something newer.
0: That could be a Quest 2. That could be a Facebook branded Quest. That could be an entirely new product line from Facebook.
1: Which could be announced on uh, on an event which is right around the corner, which is called Uh Facebook Connect.
0: Oh, right. The Facebook Connect is coming out. That would mean new VR news could come up then. That's pretty cool.
1: Indeed. So See, now we'll have to have sit all,
0: down and watch that. Yes. <laughs> so <Like. laughs>
1: as uh, even on their website, they're marketing it as an AR VR event. Uh-huh. So it is definitely.
0: That leads well. Yeah.
1: Yes. So uh, the conference begins in around 10 days. So that's on the September 16th. Uh-huh. It will obviously be streamed on Facebook live. God damn it.
0: Ah, damn.
1: So imagine no, having
0: to go to Facebook for it.
1: Imagine. So do do uh, have a note? Do. Although it
0: would be very ironic if it was on YouTube and Twitch.
1: I mean, I expect it to be on Twitch, honestly. If it's a gaming event, if it has anything it's, to do with gaming, really, I really right? hope. It's
0: so. more of like a dev- isn't Facebook uh, connected developer event. It is more of a developer event, but so, I
1: I can see there being Oculus things. Yeah,
0: like I think there'll be a new Oculus announcement and or maybe an Oculus developer kit or something like that.
1: So there is a Quest. Uh, there is a sub event of quest that they're going to hold, Uh which is titled one second, which is titled onward porting from PC VR to quest. Hmm. Nice. Okay. So Definitely. They'll be touching on VR stuff. See, every time we
0: do an episode, you tell me about a new event that we add to our agenda to watch.
1: Last time it was UB forward. It's nice.
0: (laughs) This time it is this. And let's see. It'll be fun. Uh, anyway,
1: so yeah, if you want to hear our thoughts on UB Forward, please do check in next week again.
0: Yes, and if you don't check in next week, I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about it the week after as well.
1: Definitely, really? along yeah. with how how much we hate Facebook
0: and how much Ubisoft just ends up screwing up.
1: <laughs> At that point, it's almost like talking you... about
0: yeah, it's like it's almost like talking about different characters in a TV show. One of them is just hated by everyone. One of them screws up in random shit one of them doesn't want to talk to its older children playstation uh one, one of them one of them keeps renaming its kids something else but they're really just the same people wow i'm doing so many callbacks today huh
1: of course someone of course <laughs> let's hope EA gets their shit together yeah
0: <laughs> all right i think this is the end of the episode if you want to hear me rant more about, uh. EA, come come catch me on the next episode or the one after that. There'll be EA somewhere.
1: Of course.
0: If you want to see Neelak uh, glutton over Nvidia, I guess, then there will be... Because that that is my
1: identity, yes.
0: Yes. He loves
2: Nvidia and somehow hates Facebook. Alright. Anyway. That's that's it it for this week. Thank you for tuning in. See you all in the next one. Oh, Whose outro did I do?